I'm not, I don't know why that's such a hard one for group A. It's just, I'm flustered and just forget it every time. Um, all right, so suffering and salvation. Let me bring up the, the Bifid chart again, because I think that that's a good refresher on what we got and uh, where we're, we're headed. So, <clears throat> so Isaiah's seven part structure um, has two halves and each half has a chiasm. So these two chiasms, when we compare them together, paint this wonderful, beautiful picture of both Isaiah's day and the end time scenario. And so um, this week we are in suffering salvation, which is the light blue um, areas here. So last week we did 24 through 27, which is um, a kind of a historical side or a, uh, a temporal side, a temporal salvation versus this week that's all about spiritual salvation. And so this is the chapters that are, are focused heavily on Christ and the need for a savior to, to save us from um, all things, uh, spiritual and temporal, but uh, focusing in on the, the spiritual aspect of it. So as we take a look at that, all of these steps are, are completely crucial in building upon themselves. So we have to have ruin and rebirth before we can understand the, the concepts of rebellion and compliance. And we have to have both of those before we move on to punishment, deliverance, etc. And so this crescendo in the suffering and salvation is very intensive. I mean, it, it takes a lot of background work and Isaiah has, has worked some, some great details in to, to help us understand the need for salvation, uh, why we need a savior in these end times, because it does compound and, and really get wild as, as we've seen, right? <laughs> um, let me pull up the scripture. So I think if we read 48 and 49 together, uh, I think we'll see some, some great parallels and, and things to, to discuss here. So if we want to um, go around and uh, read uh, five verses each, uh, going through uh, chapters 48 and 49 here, I'm going to have the King James Version and the Isaiah Institute Version on the screen. Um, but if you can't see it, if your screen's little or, or something like that, let me know and I can zoom into uh, what we're reading. But um, so I've got this pulled up here on the screen, and I'll go ahead and start with the first five verses. And then I'm just going to kind of go down the, the list of videos here on the side of my screen. If you would rather not uh, read, uh, you know, just don't unmute yourself and, and I'll uh, call in the next person. Uh, no problem. So verse one of chapter 48 says, Hear this, O house of Jacob, you who are named Israel. Through you stem the lineage of Judah, who take oaths in the name of Jehovah and invoke the God of Israel though not in truth or in righteousness, who call yourselves of the holy city upheld by the God of Israel, whose name is Jehovah of hosts. The prophecies of the events of the past I made known long beforehand. No sooner did they issue from my mouth than I caused them to be announced. Then suddenly I acted and they came about. For I knew how stubborn you were. Your neck was an iron sinew, your brow brazen. Therefore I told you them beforehand. I announced them to you before they transpired, lest you should say, my idols did it, my graven and wrought images caused it. And then mother, would you read six through 10? But you have heard the whole version, how it is not, it is you not, do not proclaim it. Yet as of now, I announce to you new things, things withheld and unknown to you, things now coming into being, not hitherto things you have not heard of before, lest you should say, indeed, I knew them. You have not heard them, nor have you known them. Before this, your ears have not been opened to them, for I knew you would turn treacherous, 
you were called a transgressor from the from the womb. For my own namesake, I have bridled my wrath on account of my renown. I have shown restraint toward you by not entirely destroying you. See, I am refining you, though not as silver. I am testing you in the crucible <clears throat> affliction. Thank you. And then um, 11 through 15, if we could go with Leslie. Okay. For my own sake, on my own account, my yeah, my own account, I do it, that my name be not dishonored, nor my glory, which I give to no other. Hear me, O Jacob, and Israel, whom I have called. I am he who was at the first, and I am he who is at the last. It was my hand that founded the earth, my right hand that stretched out the heavens. When I call them, <clears throat> they arise at once. Um, all of you assemble and hear. Who among you foretold these things? It is him Jehovah loves and shall perform his will in Babylon. His arm shall be against the Chaldeans or Chaldeans. I don't know which, which one it is. Um, <clears throat> I myself have spoken it and also called him. I have brought him and I will prosper his way. Come near me and hear this. I have not made predictions in secret. At their coming to pass, I have been present. Now, my Lord Jehovah has sent me. His spirit is in me. Right, and then um, see how many verses. Okay, um, <clears throat> let's see if yeah, Kathy, if you would read 17 through 22. All right. Just give me a second. Oh, okay. Thus say, thus say Jehovah, the Holy One of Israel, your Redeemer. I, Jehovah, your God, instruct you to your good, guiding you in the way you should go. Had you but obeyed my commandments, my peace would have been as a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your offspring would have been as the sands in number, your descendants as many as their grains, their names would not have been cut off and obliterated from my presence. Go forth out of Babylon, flee from Chaldea, mark this announcement from resounding voice, broadcast it to the end of the earth, say Jehovah has redeemed his servant Jacob. They, th they thirsted not when he led them through arid places. He caused water to flow for them from the rock. He cleaved the rock and water gushed out. But there is no peace, says Jehovah, for the wicked. All right. So what stood out to everyone in that chapter? Any verses that you'd like to revisit and, and talk about? Um, one of mine, I pointed it out in group A as well, but um, where did it go? I can't even remember. I think in... in in a lot of the cases, he says, you started out good, but you got off course mm -hmm. or you became prideful or you just stopped listening. Yeah, exactly. And you took credit for the information that I gave you as if it was your own wisdom that did it mm -hmm. or yeah. that you gave credit to something else. Let's see, where was that thing that said about the idols? Do idols? Yeah, um, lest you should say my idols did it. My graven and wrought images caused it. So he always brings or, or beats that to the punch, right? So um, that we know of a surety that these things come from God rather than our idols or our own precepts or our own strength kind of thing. Um, and then I kind of liked verse eight here. Um, well, seven and eight. Um, but you have not heard them, nor have you known them. It kind of made me think of Laman and Lemuel a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a, a little bit of a stretch, but it makes sense. Um, where they, 
they know not because they ask not. But here in this version, um, things you have not heard before, unless you should say, I indeed I knew them. You have not heard them, you have not known them. So there's that that dichotomy that we have to just focus on our savior and hear him and, and weed out all precepts of men, or weed out our own false uh, precepts and interpretations, et cetera, and, and just go straight with um, what's coming from Jehovah. I think that that's important. Um, anything else in that chapter before we go to, to 49? Yeah, go up just a little bit. Yeah, the right hand in number 13. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's the end time sermon. It's called the right hand. The last line says, when I call them, they arise at once. So he's like, he can count on this end time servant. Sounds like his, it was my hand that founded the earth, my right hand that stretched out the heavens. When I call them, they arise at once. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like they've been around for a while. <laughs> yep, exactly. And then 49, here's where it gets real good. So these are probably the, the best scriptures of, or the best verses of all scripture, right? Um, let's go, um, let me pop back. I can't see who all's here, but um, L and then Nancy and then Scott. So if we go L with verses one through five. Okay. Oh, you're on a new, okay. Oh, hear me, O Isles. Listen, you distant people. Jehovah called me before I was in the belly, before I was in my mother's womb. He mentioned me by name. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He has made me into a polished arrow. In his quiver, he kept me secret. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Move that. Oops. Nope. There we go. For now, Jehovah has said, "He who formed me from the womb is to be his servant to restore Jacob to him, Israel having been gathered to him. For I won honor in the eyes of Jehovah when my God became my strength." Okay. How far do you want me to read, Cameron? Um, just like five verses, so six through ten. Okay. He said, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore those preserved of Israel. I will also appoint you to be a light to the nations that my salvation may be to the end of the earth. Thus says Jehovah, the redeemer and holy one of Israel, to him who was despised as a person, who is abhorred by his nation, a servant to those in authority. Kings shall rise up when they see you, Princes shall prostrate themselves because Jehovah keeps faith with you, because the Holy One of Israel has chosen you. Thus says Jehovah, at a favorable time I have answered you. In the day of salvation I have come to your aid. I have created you and appointed you to be a covenant of the people, to restore the land and reapportion the desolate estates, to say to the captives, come forth, and to those in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed along the way and find pasture on all barren heights. They shall not hunger or thirst, nor be smitten by the heat wave or the sun. He who has mercy on them will guide them. He will lead them by springs of water. All my mountain ranges I will appoint as roads. My highways shall be on high. See these coming from afar, these from the northwest and these from the islands of Sinim. Shout for joy, O heavens. Celebrate, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains. Jehovah is coming, is comforting his people, showing compassion for his afflicted. But Zion said, Jehovah has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling infant or feel no compassion for the child of her womb? 
Although these shall forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraven you on my palms. I have sealed you to be continually before me. Your sons will hasten your ravagers away. Those who ruined you shall depart from you. Lift up your eyes and look around you. With one accord, they gather and come to you. As surely as I live, says Jehovah, you shall adorn yourself with them as with jewels. Bind them on you as does a bride. For your ruins and ravaged places and your land laid waste shall now be too small for your inhabitants, despite the departure of your devourers. The children born during uh, the time of your bereavement shall yet say in your ears, this place is too cramped for us. Give us space in which to settle. Um, and then, Mother, you want to finish that out? And you will say to yourself, who bore me these while I was bereaved and barren? I was exiled, banished. By whom were these reared? When I was left to myself, where were they? Thus says my Lord Jehovah, I will lift up my hand to the nations, raise my ensign to the peoples, and they will bring your sons in their bosoms and carry your daughters on their shoulders. Kings shall be your foster fathers, queens your nursing mothers. They will bow down before you, their faces to the ground. They will lick the dust of your feet. Then shall you know that I am Jehovah, and that they who hope in me are not disappointed. Can the warrior's spoil, warrior's spoil be taken from him, or the tyrant's captives escape free? Yet thus Jehovah, the warrior's spoil, shall indeed be taken from him, and the tyrant's captives escape free. I myself will contend with your contenders, and I will deliver your children. I will feed your oppressors with their own flesh. They shall be drunk with their own blood as with wine, and all flesh shall know that I, Jehovah, am your Savior, that your Redeemer is the valiant one of Jacob. All right. So what have we got there? What interesting insights do we have on, on 49, given the, uh, everything that we've studied in, in Isaiah so far? Um, uh, does this mean more to you now going through it this time uh, versus what it has in the past or, or any cool insights? I love how... Um, here it you know the the famous scriptures of um can a woman forget her suckling infant um that he will never forget us he's he's graven us in the palms of his hands but i've never put it into context with the following verses that come after it so because he cannot forget us he has a plan prepared to save us and and that comes sorry i'm scrolling so much and that comes through the the nursing fathers and, and mothers. I had never, I don't know, they seemed like two separate scriptures uh, to me before, but I didn't realize they were in the same chapter and the one uh, engenders the other. And so um, that he has set up a plan, this ministering ladder to heaven, that we can become kings and queens to gather in God's people uh, in the end times here. And, and I think that that's uh, I don't know, it was just a, a new interesting connection for me as, as I was reading this uh, with uh, more of the Isaiah background here. Well, if you think about a brand new infant, you know, mothers hardly ever are out of eyesight or earshot of the child for the longest time. And um, I I think the Lord is also letting us know that uh, he never, ever leaves us. He's always right there at the moment's notice. Uh, we just have to, um, we just have to call upon him and he's there. I mean, it's um, instantaneous on-time delivery type stuff. Um, we just got to realize that 
his interactions with us is is limited for our sake not necessarily because he doesn't want to or can't but he works with us he provides us just what we need the amount that we need uh, to keep us going and to fulfill the requirements of of the need that we need 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 Mm -hmm. yeah for sure (laughs) Yeah. So I say to myself, who are these foster fathers? Who are these nursing mothers, these kings and queens? I say they're the 144,000. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are being trained to be those if we'll live up to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a mission that's available to us. It's not like, you know, only the prophets or only a select few kind of thing. I mean, yes, I guess it's a, a select few. It's the 144,000. But um, in, in reality, if, if that's our mission to perform, that, that we can start realizing those things and, and uh, living up to that potential here in, in this life, I, I think that's an amazing thing to catch hold of. I, I've never thought of that before. And and now the, the possibilities seem in there. And, and so it's about us kind of going to the Lord, seeking that, that confirmation. And, and if that's our, our course, what to do. And the, the patterns kind of laid out for us, right? Right. I think personally that there are individuals who have requested of the Lord to be sanctified or to be instructed in the finer points of priesthood of of ordinance work of salvation um but these individuals as a part of their request to be specialized servants of the lord the lord says okay and he gives them plenty of opportunity to back out Mm -hmm. uh but he says okay and part of the training process for getting to be that specialized individual I believe will require a lot of persecution. Uh, Not hard and heavy to start out with, but as time goes on, the persecution will grow and get stronger and come from different areas, all because the Lord is trying to condition us for the task at hand. We need to be able to understand and act immediately and with exactness, and we need to be able to recognize his voice in the midst of a cacophony of counterfeit noise uh, and, and counterfeit sounds, we, able to, we have to be able to recognize and identify truth from error. Um, so even, even now when we are bombarded by misinformation, um, I think the Lord is allowing us to see the misinformation, see the truth of the misinformation, and be able to recognize the patterns, just as Isaiah wrote in Chiasms. I think the adversary, he functions and writes in similar patterns as well. So we can use that type of information in the future because it, it's going to come down to a time when there will be absolutely no form of communication that the Lord or any of the Lord's servants can have that is not spiritual because the the adversary will be able to intercept and counterfeit or corrupt any other kind of communications and that is going to be the 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 leading the the leading thing for that and i believe that those nursing fathers and those nursing mothers will be the ones who can connect directly with the lord and then be those overseers of a family of a group of people that they are raising up in the Lord and then taking them, trying to guide them to Zion. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And you know how important that is that, that President Nelson has extended that invitation to the church as a whole, you know, yeah. hear him. You Both know, old and young, you know, when he invited the youth to be part of the youth battalion. Um, I think he was calling for those who truly had the desire to be 
over and above the youth of today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. To, to Christ. And you can see a lot of them rising. A lot of them are just kind of following the paths of their parents or whatever. But I mean, there's a lot that are like stepping up and like taking charge of this. And, and they do amazing things um, with family history work, with missionary work, with just everything in their life. <laughs> but yet, you know, it, trials aren't exempt from anyone. I, I see some of those youth in our ward that are, are really taken to heart uh, the hear him principle. And man, they, they have some rough trials to go through at, at really early ages, but, but yet they're, they're willingly doing it. They're, they're pushing through, uh, uh, doing great things. Um, let's see, where should we go next? Um, <laughs> Cameron? Yeah, for sure. My um, nephew is, I can't even remember what they call it, but it would be like the equivalent of a Navy SEAL in the, huh, I'm drawing a blank. I want to say the Army, but I'm not. The what? Ranger? Is he a Ranger? Yes, yes, yes he is. And um, some of the stuff that they have him do is just unreal, but it makes them so it makes him so prepared to be able to do anything that they ask him to do. And, and um, I remember thinking, that's so mean, but it really isn't. It's, it helps him to be able to feel confident that he, they can carry out, he can carry out whatever it is that he's asked to do. And I feel like that's what the Lord will ask of us to, so that we can, um, we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just in the past like two years, has anyone else felt like their their trials have started increasing in intensity and duration and <laughs> everything? I mean, yeah. it, it sometimes it's a, a thing like, why would we ever want more trials or more adversity or more suffering? But yet that's that's kind of the plan, you know, like that's how we learn to to be uh, willing and submissive in all things. To what the Lord has to to offer us, and you know, not to beat a dead horse or <laughs> bring up current topics, but I mean, like this last week was was very hard for a lot of people because seemingly contradictory principles or or guidance, and it, those that have put in a, a good amount of study and effort to already hear Him. Uh, took it a lot easier or were able to to sort through their feelings better I don't know I, I kind of blanket statementing it um, then than those that didn't those that didn't like I mean they're racked with torment <laughs> versus you know being able to actually sort through things and, and know what the Lord's um, plan for them is specifically etc you know uh, I some things like you were talking about uh, with an, like an army ranger, um, you know, some of that stuff is brutal. Some of it's like uh, just unfathomable for just human kindness, <laughs> but yet um, those things can condition to, to help us um, beware. I, I really love Joy D. Jones's talk uh, this last conference about, you know, the enemy is looking for any type of movement. And so that training helped them to stay still during those attacks and so that they would you know like all of that preparation was, was crucial for for the real life things that, that happen yeah you know one of the things that the lord has spoken to me recently is i need to cease to find fault mm-hmm. and uh and to focus on the gospel of repentance and, and of taking as many people to Jesus Christ, you know, because it, it's not necessarily my job to point out people's errors or to be the one to teach them a lesson. And there's where a lot of people really get into that. I really need to teach that person a lesson or somebody needs to teach that person a lesson. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, they do that. And the Lord has, has told me over and over again, he says, uh, you're not the one to do the teaching. You're to do the loving and the supporting and helping them and then understand. And 
in time, I will give you the ability to understand their position. But in the, in, the, in the time being, you are to just be patient and love and encourage repentance and to seek out the Savior. And that has kind of been my focus recently, and that has given me the ability to be at peace. You know, when you have, when you have the Savior at your side and you're following his counsel, then that emotional roller coaster, those emotional attacks on your spirit, on the, your thoughts, they are, they are weakened and they are eventually nullified completely, but you have to be able to listen to the Lord. And as far as the, you know, information or the, the latest, the latest news from, uh, uh, from church headquarters, Salt Lake, you know, that, that shook up a whole lot of people because they're, they're making a judgment call of the messenger and not the message, not so much, but they, they think that it is a reflection of the messenger. And um, in this particular case, I, I personally know um, through prayer and, and, and answers that President Nelson is not any less of a prophet than he was before. In fact, I have the utmost respect for him because I know he knows what he's doing and he knows that the Lord knows what he's doing, although he doesn't always know what the Lord is doing, mm -hmm. but he is following steps. He is following a timeline. And when the Lord says, now I want you to do this and just wait. And then now I want you to do that. And president Nelson is not real sure. And I think he does that on purpose because if president Nelson knew not only what he was going to have to do, but the ramifications of what was going to come along. I think President Nelson wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I know. It must be hard to be a prophet, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think, but because he is, he has 100% confidence and faith in the Lord, he knows that whatever his mission is will be best for those who hear him mm -hmm. now, it may create pain and suffering or emotional distress or cause people to leave the church and i'm sure he's fairly aware of that he doesn't want that to happen but people have their choice their agency yeah, yeah. there have been a lot of people who've been commenting online about you know how could they say this then why did they word it this way it's so confusing and it's causing so much division and everything like that and um one of my comments was it's not creating the division in the church that division was already there it mm -hmm. is just bringing it to light and um i can tell you i went on the newsroom facebook page and i read a lot of the comments that were under that announcement and there was so much self-righteous posturing and um condemning other people from both sides it yeah, didn't matter what side it was on you know um they were they were angry on one side they were self-righteous on another and then they got angry and the other ones got self-righteous and the contention was just off the chart and one of the things that i think this is doing is is showing how much work we have to do mm -hmm. because if we have to build zion then we have to get past this. Yeah. We have to, we have to live the two great commandments. And um, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself does not mean that you agree with them on everything, that mm -hmm. you guys think the same way. What it means is that you will give them the same respect and the same consideration and the same um chance to voice their opinion that you would want somebody to give you mm -hmm. right and and you would listen the way you would want somebody to listen to you that's what loving them like yourself is and i think too many members in the wor world have just they've lost track of what that really means you know the world says we have to all agree on everything or else mm -hmm. and and that's not the lord plan 
that's the adversary's plan. And that was his plan at the beginning, right? I'll make sure nobody's lost because, you know, everybody's got to agree. Everybody's going to have, is that, it's that compulsion. So mm -hmm. I think if we understand agency versus compulsion and we can compare anything that comes out, where does this fall? Then that will help a lot. Um, I understand that yesterday Elder Christofferson did a, um, a leadership training and somebody asked him about his, um, asked him about this announcement, <laughs> you know, and what do you say to somebody who's upset and says they're taking away my agency? And here's what he said. Um, the person who was there said this, he said with a smile to tell them not to be upset because they still have their agency. And that you are in line with their advice if you talk with your doctor and your revelation leads you to not getting the vaccine. He also said the main purpose of their letter was to keep the temples open as long as possible. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's something else going on that we don't know, right? And one of the observations that I've had is that, um, there are certain announcements where the it's almost like a code word is being used, a code phrase, and that code phrase is good global citizens. Every time good global citizens is used, the church is putting out a statement to hold off the enemy long enough to keep the temples open. Go look it up. Go search for it. Um, yeah, I, I found one reference to good global citizens in a conference talk by President Nelson, and it was in reference to we were trying to be good global citizens, so we shut down the temples. Is that a positive thing? Is that a good thing? So, you know, and it kind of helps to tie that together. So it's, it's almost like, you know, when you're in a war and you're trying to get messages out um, over the radio and you know the enemy is listening and you know you're trying to get the word out to people what you want them to do and what they need to do and um, you know you use code words you use code phrases yeah and, and I, I really I really think that a lot of that is going on and people who have jumped to conclusions people who have listened to the negative voices of the adversary in their hearts, you know, with doubt and discouragement and fear and anger and disgust and, you know, all of those things, right? They all come from the ad accusation. They all come from the adversary. And the people who have listened to those voices and have gone off on that path, where is that leading them? The adversary is having a field day because he doesn't care what side you come down on this issue he's getting people from both sides mm -hmm. yeah exactly it doesn't matter which side the issue isn't about masks or vaccines or any of that mm -hmm. it's about building zion <laughs> can you right. agree with other people that i mean uh, can you be nice to other people nice. you don't agree with yeah 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 can you love those you don't agree with mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. that is the key right and right now he is having a great harvest of people. <laughs> I know people who are just talking in droves about how, well, I don't think I can go back to church and, you know, mm -hmm. okay, this is it. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. You know, that's the last straw. And I'm, I'm like, okay, well, mm -hmm. you just let the adversary win. Is that really where you want to go with this? Yeah, um, I kind of picture some guy standing up in the middle of a, field or whatever saying ha ha today is the day of my power none dare molest or make afraid you know what i mean yeah he, he's got it yeah he's got it unlocked anyway um so that kind of brings up what we talked about in group a a little bit about um how people can proof text the scriptures meaning that they can take one scripture and bend it however they want to apply it in one way versus another way we see that a lot with the the moses and the brazen serpent right i mean that is getting thrown around on both sides and just proof texted to its utmost yet no one's actually reading the the 
the full account and, and seeing what it's really saying here. But uh, regardless of that, applying to Isaiah. So uh, Avraham was talking about proof texting the words of Isaiah. You can't just take one verse and then apply it to the end times however you want. You have to take a look at what is being meant. Um, and so that's one of the great um, fail safes that the Lord has built into all scripture, especially Isaiah, is that the literary format is what helps us distinguish the true intent of a message. And that's why it's layered chiastically. That's why it has parallelisms. That's why all of the literary devices, the, the manner of the Jews is built into the scriptures so that we can with a surety know what the message is. And it's kind of like that, that code talking that you talked about. Uh, when the, the enemy's listening and he's trying to deceive and have us proof text things, that's why we have literary structures to help analyze and, and really seek out the true meaning of things. And that's why um, I, I you know keep referencing back to the, the, the Bifid chart. Um, let me pull that up again. So if we're not familiar with, with chiasms, um, the, uh, uh, each level of the, the chiasm has a counterpart. So this, this, the first and the last, uh, if we were to, to label them A, B, C, D, and D, C, B, A, the A's match, the B's match, the C's match, etc. And so that's what this literary structure is. He might say one thing in A up here and a completely different thing in A down here that if you weren't to compare them, they would be, I mean, you wouldn't be perceiving what the, the message is. But if you compare A with A, oh, there, there's a, a subliminal, not subliminal, <laughs> that's the wrong word, but there's a, an additional message here that, that is to be gained. And so that's why we have the literary structure of Isaiah. And um, I don't know about you all, but Isaiah is super difficult for me to, to understand, especially this literary stuff. It's, it's, it's over and above my pay grade. But um, as we are studying this uh, with, with Avraham's help, uh, helping unpack some of this seven part structure here, it really has opened my eyes to what ruin and rebirth has to do with the rest of the, uh, the material and how everything builds upon itself and crescendos here in this section on suffering and salvation. Um, uh, it's just amazing how uh, everything uh, fits together and, and God works in uh, a perfect way for those that have eyes to see and that hear him, they'll be led and guided to, um, to understand those things that um, have been encoded for us to, to decipher here in these last days. Uh, I just barely seen uh, Elle's chat here. She says that it seems appropriate, an appropriate verse right now, Alma 4330, knowing that it was the only desire to preserve their lands and their liberty and their church. Therefore, he thought it no sin that they should defend them by stratagem. Yeah, I think that that's a perfect verse for, <laughs> for this week. Uh, that going along with Isaiah chapter 48, uh, those those tie in perfectly together uh, to, to describe what we're going through right now. Uh, these last days are, are so hard to navigate if we don't have the, the spirit of, of understanding, right? The, the people who don't understand that though, who, who haven't taken the time you know, to make some of those connections or to see some of that, they, they can just get so upset at what they, what they think is a betrayal. And why do they think it's a betrayal? Because the adversary is whispering in their ear, look, they're being, you know, they're not being truthful with you. They're not doing whatever. I think that a lot of these people who are saying, okay, this is the last straw I've got, I'm out the door, have already had some things that are leading them out the door before. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and if they, if, if we make sure that we make the effort to hear him, to bring ourselves in alignment with Christ, to do the work because it's work, right? Yeah. To, to step out of Babylon, get rid of those influences from Babylon, 
that are keeping you from hearing the Lord. You know, it, it that's what the prophet's been asking us to do. And that's, it, it's hard for many people. You know, it's hard for people to, to step away from that. Um, especially if they're not quite sure what they're going to get in return. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, what's my payback here? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to give up what? I, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. You know, whatever those things are. You know, it's like I was talking about the, you know, the idolatry, you know, that Avraham talks about. We as a church are incredibly idolatrous. And, you know, Spencer W. Kimball was telling us this 45 years ago. I know, right? Going back and listening to some of those talks, I'm like, holy cow, it's been here all along. I just didn't know. We just haven't been paying attention. And now the rubber hits the road, right? Where mm -hmm. we have to, it's, you know, you got to pick a side. You can no longer just be in the middle. You're either going to be for Christ or you're going to be for the adversary. You're going to be for agency or you're going to be for compulsion. You're going to be for freedom. You're going to be for bondage. You know, it, we, every day we each make choices. We make choices in how we interact with other people. We make choices in things that we do, things that we say, things, choices in what we do with our time. And all of those things are choices that lead us toward one side or the other until eventually um, we will have firmly made our choice. And uh that's that's the side we'll be on mm -hmm. but that day is coming very very soon <laughs> can I ask a question and make a comment yeah um can I have the reference again of like where to find for myself what Elder Christofferson said about keeping the temples open as long as possible um are you on Facebook I do messenger but I could find it I so there, there is a person in the Signs of the Second Coming group. His name is Jonathan Bolt. Um, he is from Provo. Um, he was in a leadership training yesterday. Okay. He is the one who said that. We, okay. I'm, I'm not sure that that's probably ever, I, I don't know how much that leadership training may or may not um, be published. Okay. But when he was asked, can we share this? He said, yes. Um, and what was that group name again? Signs of John? the Second Coming. Sign, I don't think I'm in that. Signs of the Second Coming of Christ. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is yeah, it's a Facebook group. We can screenshot it and share it with you. Yeah, I oh. do have that. I just, I have that it on my phone. Cool. I don't have it on. Oh, you know what, Cameron, let me send this. Let me send the screenshot to you um, mm -hmm. on Messenger and then you can put it up. I would love that. So I told, I, while we're talking here, um, I sent that message, what you said to my daughter, um, because we had just been talking about that. And she said that, here, let me pull up what she said. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, So I can't find it, so I'll just paraphrase it. She said, that's interesting that you um, shared this because my she has teenagers and whatnot. She said, I was, my older kids were asking um, about why we're being asked to wear masks in and whatnot. And she said, um, without thinking, she said, it's so that we can keep the temples open and we can keep our church doors open. And she said, I didn't, think twice about it until after it came out of my mouth and thought that's not what I would have thought <clears throat> mm -hmm. first off but that is what the Lord thought and so um, it really makes a difference when we're trying to hear the Lord's voice because we hear it in times we don't expect as well as the times that we do so yeah mm -hmm. so she was asking for a reference for that so if I could uh, get that that would be wonderful Thank you. Um, there's there's another thing that um, was posted yesterday, and um, it has the phone number for church headquarters. And there's actually a guy um, whose job it is is to be assigned by the church to answer these questions um, about <laughs> the vaccine email that just went out. 
Um, and the person who posted this says, I have a friend whose kids have had reactions to vaccines. So she was pretty concerned about the letter. She called and his answer was the letter came from the administrative, not the revelatory prophetic side of the church, that there are two sides to the church. One is administrative, the other is spiritual. This is, you know, he said this is secondhand, but if you call, you can ask your own question and he will explain it to you. But there's two sides to the church. One is administrative. That's the corporation and everything like that. And one is spiritual. And I think what we're running into is that there are a lot of people out there who see this as a letter from the first presidency. And they are assuming that this is a spiritual doctrinal thing. I even saw a video um, that somebody was like, you know, okay, they put it out. It's now doctrine. And what do you do if you disagree with doctrine? They were getting all upset about it. And I'm going, your premise is wrong. This is a a policy suggestion. It's not even, it doesn't even change anything that's in the handbook. They didn't change the handbook. The handbook is still the same way that it was on Wednesday, you know, before this came out on Thursday. And so um, this is just an administrative thing to deal with the pressure that they've probably been getting from a number of states um, that want them to shut stuff down. So if they can say, look, you know, we're urging our people to get the vaccine. We're, you know, we're doing this, get off our backs. We're, you know, we're doing, we're being a good global citizen, right? It comes back to that. What's that? That's the world's code word, right? And if we use it, then maybe they'll get off our backs. And I think that that's, that's what they're doing right now. They're trying to buy us a little bit more time. Giving Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But it's <laughs> yeah. not spiritual. Yeah. Nowhere in yeah. this announcement did it say after much prayer and fasting and, con and consultation with the Lord, have we come up with this? Not a word. And if you go back on all of the things about this and this whole thing, none of it has referred to prayer and fasting and personal revelation and everything like that. Um, but when the prophet has been talking as the prophet, what does he tell us to do? Do the work necessary to get the personal revelation. Do what we can to hear the Lord. Be taught by the Lord himself in the temple, right? He's told us all of these things. And um, he's not going to change I mean, really, if do we really listen to the prophet or are we only getting the sound bites that are showing up on the on in mm -hmm. the news, right? If yeah. all you're getting is the sound bites in the news, you're gonna get the wrong message. Mm -hmm. Like well, an interesting one that was yesterday. Well, this last week I've been really going back and studying um the role of President Nelson as compared to um types in Isaiah. So comparing him to King Hezekiah, to Moses, to all of these people. And it's amazing how since he's been put in, even as an apostle, but more so since president, like he is fulfilling a lot of those different roles um, and like the gratitude video. And then what you said, um, are, are we just getting the sound bites? Uh, I, I, was referencing that to my mom and I was like so what's the background story to the the gratitude video and she was like what are you even talking about but <laughs> on the church website there was that that article mm -hmm. of the background story and so not only did he put out a video but he put out an explanation that hey like the lord was keeping me up at night and and told me to do this this gratitude video at this day at this hour and told me what to say to enact a Davidic covenant and, and I'm just doing the will of the Lord kind of thing. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> there's, uh, there's sound bites and, and then there's the mm -hmm. full story, you know, and, and it takes a little bit of work to, to get the full story, but, but it's all there for us. Did you see Sherry Dew's video where she uh -huh, talked yeah. about it, about being on that team and how he came back and said, oh no, this is what it's going to be. And this is even how long it's going to be. And then after... After it came out, you know, a, a whole bunch of us were looking at the, the symbolism and the numbers in the day and when it was and the time and all of those things. And you just look at that and you go, wow, look at how all this falls together. And, you know, 
like Scott was saying. That's a verification code right there. <laughs> yeah, it's your verification. It lets you know because it is established in that way, then that is directly from the Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That 1111 yeah. principle is yeah. I, I found is through my own studies of, of Davidic covenants. Anytime that there's 11 repeated, there's a Davidic covenant somewhere close by. And, and it's very interesting how, how the Lord works in patterns always. If you ever want to know the mysteries of the Lord, look for the patterns, connections, and themes. Well, I'm not familiar with what Sherry do talk, what you're talking about, but I want to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me see if I can Google it really quick. Do you have that video? It was a, it was a short informational video put out by the church. Uh, with Sherry Dew in the conference center, uh, mm -hmm. uh, right in the right in the hall where they have all of the uh, all the pictures of the quorums the of the quorum of the, the prophets and the quorum of the twelve. Um, well, I've missed that one somehow. It yeah, just I mean, came out in the last few weeks, I think. Yeah. So here's the Deseret News version of the story. It doesn't have her actual video, but at least it goes through. Maybe it has a link in there. I don't know. I'll, I'll keep searching for it. But uh, it, okay, when I find it, I'll, I'll email it to you. Okay, thank you. And the, um, the other, I don't know where you're going to post the other. Uh, yeah, I already emailed those to you. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I find it interesting that Cherry Dew is kind of the um, historian or biographer or whatever that's just kind of following some of this, you know, that her book, The Insights on President Nelson, it was super helpful to, to get to know him on, on a better level and some of the preparations that have been put into there and stuff, but but she's continually doing that. Uh, she's in some some key positions to, to bear witness of, of his ministry. I find that very in interesting. All right. All right. Well, anything else before we head out for the night? <laughs> it's been a fun discussion. <laughs> Lots of different avenues. It's amazing how Isaiah really prepares us for our days. Like the stuff that we're learning right now in life is is being tied to Isaiah, and uh, you know the the chapters next week is about disloyalty and loyalty, and and how fitting that is. Uh, put that together with come follow me and and what we're experiencing we, we've got some interesting studies ahead in these next couple of weeks <laughs> it's gonna be well, fun just like in the last couple of years it seems like the things we were studying in come follow me clicked every exactly. week with what we're doing this is i i there's a part of me that wants to go and, and look at next year's and say, okay, when are we doing Isaiah? <laughs> when are we doing I know, right? Daniel? When are we because, doing Ezekiel? <laughs> What's our time frame? <laughs> exactly. Because some of these Old Testament things are playing out on some funny schedules. Mm -hmm. So look at Moses and the brazen serpent. When does that come in? It's like new numbers or Deuteronomy or, or one of the two. I mean, that's some interesting timing next year, wink, wink. And then um, looking at, yeah, like what you said, uh, Jeremiah, Isaiah, like, uh, <laughs> are we going to be experiencing Daniel. revelation? Come, not revelation, that was the wrong one. Um, Ezra uh, play out uh, when, when that comes to fruition. Like there's some, some fun ones next year. I always find it frustrating that we have to whip through the Old Testament so quickly every time. It seems like we need two years on Old Testament, but you know, the church would be lost if, if we did that. But well, <laughs> since they decided to tie seminary to it, yeah, then that's why that's why we have to only do one year is mm. because they tied seminary to it. And you know, otherwise it would have been great to it in two years. That way maybe everybody would actually read the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> right. Cause you know, nobody does, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Oh man. If I could change callings just all of a sudden and be a Sunday school teacher for next year, I would, I'd love to do that. So we, I think it would, I think it would frustrate you, Cameron. Oh, it probably would. Yeah. I, I'm just saying that tongue in cheek, <laughs> but I'll be commenting. 
you you know it. I was frustrated today in Sunday school. Yeah, section eighty-eight. That was a hard one. Yeah, is just how it was treated. It's like, you know, we could be doing this better justice here. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was really pleased with the way our teacher did it. She said there are a lot of one-line sermons in this. And so she actually pulled out 18 different things and just, you know, we have us read. And sometimes there were like two or three things in a verse and she would expound on some of those, you know, like cease to be idle, you know, cease to sleep long, longer than is needful. And we're like, what's needful? Uh -huh. <laughs> it depends. It depends on your age, right? Yeah. That actually, that actually, um, that, and you must not, uh, it's a slothful servant that must be commanded in all things. That is the, the quote that if you would ask any of my children what mom's favorite scripture was, that actually was their answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. you know, but, but anyway, she went through all of, you know, a lot of these different things, you know, and ended with pray always and, and had a little snippet of something to say about each one. I thought it was really good. And, you know, she took every last bit of the time and I was really surprised that she got through um, 12, 14, six, 16 or 18 of them. So that was really good. Yeah, but sure. again, it goes back to the teacher and, you know, is the teacher inspired or are they just given their, their ideas? Mm -hmm. Did any of you guys uh, listen to the podcast with hear him as Hank Smith and he had Anthony sweat on there with him for section 88. I haven't. I, I had it recommended to me a, a bunch, but oh. I haven't dove into it. Oh my it. gosh. You want to be, oh, they, they did it in two of part one and a part two. It's amazing. Yeah. Listen to it. Go find it. And it is well worth it. He goes into so much detail that the, the symbolisms with the temples, with just even what we were talking about last week and how everything we're doing toward the Davidic Covenant and all that. And I happened to have, I, I had just felt like I needed to get into the temple and went in, made an appointment, was able to get in the next day, which mm -hmm. is unheard of right now. Yeah. And, and then all of it between us last Sunday and then going to the temple and listening to that, everything just clicked so much that it was, it was unreal. It was just like, wow. Yeah. So you you need to listen to it. It is an yeah. amazing, amazing. He does so good in it. This Anthony Sweat, he's amazing. He's a historian for BYU. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm taking some of his classes this week. It's going to be fun to to listen to him. One of my favorite favorite classes, my very first one of Education Week ever, was Anthony Sweat's um, "The Doctrine and Covenants of Making Your Calling and Election Sure," and it, it it rocked my world. Everything was so interesting, and um, but yeah, I, I've had that recommended to me a few times, and I now I just got to listen to it. I'm gonna try to fit that in tomorrow evening, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I, I ran across some of his things a while back and was listening to just Anthony Sweat has some different podcasts on different things, and he was really interesting. Then I don't know why I got pulled away from listening to his his things you know but he's very good really good but this one is excellent it is excellent yeah for sure cameron mm -hmm. terry's asking for a link to those podcasts you can mm -hmm. do it after class but yeah as soon as i find those I'll, I'll send them to you and then um what was i sending to leslie oh sherry Dew's interview i'll send that to, to leslie i gotta remember to <laughs> to do those. Sometimes I forget my homework. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're looking for that Sherry Do video for you. Okay. Can't blame this one on the dog. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what, what's that thing that's to the side of you? Looks like a robot. Oh, that's his Muppet. Oh. It's his microphone. Oh, is it? Oh, this? <laughs> I've been wondering what that was. The table. Oh, I can see as you turn it. 
Yeah, you recognize it from my house. <laughs> Grover. It's Grover. <laughs> Bigger than me. I sat back in the couch because for group A, I was like on the edge of the couch and then my back started hurting. So I'm like just reclined, <laughs> chilling <laughs> for group B. <laughs> Yeah, but don't touch your computer after getting up, or otherwise you'll fry your computer. That couch is notorious for <laughs> static electricity. Oh yeah, <laughs> good to know. Him <laughs> and Cameron, remember to ask Scott that question I sent with you. Oh okay. <laughs> that question doesn't require thought. <laughs> yeah, she's got a good one for you. Um, so Darlene, we're going to take good care of him. We're going to make, uh, we told him if he goes away hungry after this week, it's his own fault. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. All right. Well, we will see everyone next week for some loyalty and disloyalty. It's going to be a, a fun one. <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>